Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. And welcome back. Our special guest for this edition of the Top 5 Podcast is Jenny Fitzgerald. Jenny has 25 years experience as a transformational coach, state of mind specialist and conflict resolution facilitator. Her personal journey of overcoming OCD fuels her passion to empower others towards a stress-free living. Jenny lives in Brisbane, Australia. Welcome, Jenny. Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm fabulous, but I'm always fabulous. Jenny, we're here today to talk about the top five tips for saying goodbye to stress and overwhelm. I can't wait to hear these. Tip number one, what have you got for us? Okay, so the first thing that we all need to understand is that we need to be able to recognise and acknowledge that we are stressed that we're um, overwhelmed, that things aren't going the way we want them to. Um, In the workplace, uh, we tend to push ourselves way more than our bodies and our minds can actually handle. And so paying attention to yourself, to your physical and the emotional cues that indicate stress are really important. Now, we can look at the extreme in this as being a loss of appetite, headaches, irritability, difficulty concentrating and changes in our sleep patterns. But what comes before that is that we usually have a change in mood. And when we, when, when we get snappy with our workmates or we get snappy with our partner or the people in our lives, it's a really good indicator that there's something amiss in our lives. Now, stress is a normal part of life. There are, there's good stress and there's bad stress. Good stress is where you're challenged and you can meet your um, deadlines and everything's going really well. It's like in sport, it happens a lot. We can have a lot of good stress. But when we have bad stress, when, when stress is, becomes distress, that's when we really um, should be paying attention. You commented on on the physical symptoms and the and the listening to your thoughts and stuff like that. Just delve deeper into that. In other words, because we most people don't recognise they're under stress, and when they do, you know, it's on the it's on the seventh glass of wine in an evening and going, God, I needed that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quite often, it's the I needed that before they start. That's the important bit. So. Being being stressed is where you start to feel the pressure and the burden of what's happening in your life. Now, I believe that stress is a symptom, not a disease. And, And at the moment in the world, we're looking at stress as being the disease, not the symptom. So stress is like an indicator that we're running out of energy, we're running out of a momentum for, for our business and for our work. And we need to really listen to what's going on in our minds and in our thoughts and what's happening in our body. So if we're feeling exhausted, like we're, we're being drained by something, if we're um, not being able to go to sleep. So one of the things that um, I like to talk about is uh, if you're lying in bed at night 
and you're thinking about what's been happening during the day or what's going to happen tomorrow or next week, and you're feeling a little bit anxious in that or a lot anxious, then I, I believe that's that's a symptom of stress. That's the... Um, Guilty, point. your worship. <laughs> Guilty, your worship. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've caught myself worrying about stuff in when I get into bed, and I've realised that if I can actually say to myself, Jenny, you're imagining stuff that's not real because you're lying here in your bed and nothing bad is happening right this minute. And that that creates a sense of, oh, yeah, you're right, ha, 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 have a bit of a, a, a laugh to myself because I'm the one who's thinking those thoughts and imagining those things, and I can actually then think about the beach, lying on the beach if that's something you love, sitting in nature somewhere, watching a, a sunrise or a sunset, you can do that in the moment and get yourself back into a really good place in your body that's not stressful. And so that's what I like to do for myself. But it's a really good indicator. If you can't get to sleep because of the crazy things that are going on in your mind, you're worrying, then, yeah, you need to stop and, and think, what else, what else could I think about in this moment? Okay, well, that actually leads on and it's a great segue into your point number two. So, you know, we've realised we're stressed. What do we do about it? Okay, so self-care. And I, I equate that to self-respect, where you look to make self-care a priority because in the end, if you're in business or you're in a management role, you can't run out of energy. If you do, you end up with burnout. So you want to keep your momentum going. And the only way really to do that is to take care of yourself. You have to have times of rejuvenation and regeneration. You have to take breaks. You have to engage in things that promote physical and mental well-being, like exercise, meditation, or pursuing a hobby or an activity that you really enjoy. And it where there's no competition with yourself or someone else because it is in the competition sometimes that the stress comes. You want to be the best. You want to be, you know, excel at things. And that's great in the workplace but not when you're doing other activities that are, are designed to help de-stress you. And the other thing you have to do is prioritise setting personal boundaries that protect your personal time and ensure that you've got a healthy work-life balance. Now, lots of people hate setting boundaries but because they, they think that they have to say no to the things that they love. But setting boundaries helps you prioritise what's important to you, what you want to do and what you don't. So, Jenny, what, what's an example of setting a boundary? Help our listeners understand that, that one a bit more. Okay, so setting a boundary is about saying no to the things that take away your energy, take away your time, um, take away your enjoyment of things. So in, in the workplace, there might be things that you need to do to get you to where you want to go, but you might have people or, or um, mostly people wanting your time and your attention. So having a limited amount of time where you answer your emails, setting a boundary, like a a, a container around the things that you do, um, 
So emails are the worst because they can take you on a wild goose chase down to nowhere. So being aware of what's important to you so you can say no to what's not. And Stephen Covey is the perfect um, book to read if you want to know about how to prioritise and and how to get the things done that you want to get done. Because if you don't have a bigger yes for something, you won't be able to say no to the things that don't get you there. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, very true. Yeah. So Okay, so lead us on to tip number three. Okay, so that's about building a a really strong support network. Um, There's a book by Johan Hari called Lost Connections. And in that book, he talks about how when we're alone and trying to do everything ourselves and um, thinking that it's all up to us, we get lost. We don't do well. Henry Ford said it as well. It's like you have to have a team of people around you if you want to achieve great things. So building positive relationships in business, having good friends, having mentors who can offer you guidance, empathy, a listening ear, you know, you have to, we need people to talk to, have sounding boards, and we need to be able to to unload without them getting into the quicksand with us. So if you've got somebody in your life who you tell, you know, your woes to and you you complain about your business or your, your work, and they go, oh, you poor thing, it's so terrible. Don't tell them about your work. What you want is people who can say, yes, I understand, and this is what you might want to do about that, or what do you think you might do about that? What's a way forward? Not jump into the, the quicksand and, and drown with you. You want someone who's actually able to pull you out and help you. I, I'm so, just having a laugh for that comment. I, I saw a cartoon years ago. That said, a good friend is not someone who comes to bail you out, but someone who's locked up with you saying, God, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in in um, personal relationships, maybe, but not in business and not in, in a management role, no. <laughs> so, so my question for you is actually deeper than that. You've said a support system and, and you, you've commented on professional support. I mean, you know, are we an over-psych-analyzed society now? You know, is is everybody just saying, um, well, let's just go and talk to the psychologist or the psychiatrist uh, because that's kind of, you know, you see it on on uh, on most American, you know, soaps. You know, everyone has their, 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 their therapist, they call them, their therapist that they're talking to. I mean, how important in our stress-related society is having that professional person um, being your sounding board? Okay, I've got two answers for you for that. So, so the first one is in the olden days, <laughs> and not that you. long ago, before social media and, okay. and psychology became a thing, we had people in our organisations. I know women had the lady over the back fence who was a bit older, helped her with bringing up children and and. And, and with somebody to listen, that listened to them. And in business, people had mentors, people who were senior, they had elders, and, and they had people around them that could support them. You know, 
I remember my dad going to the Lions Club meeting or the Rotary meeting and, and being around older men who had been there and done that. And I think in our society now, we don't have those things that, well, not many people avail themselves. They're on social media instead. We need physical people to help us with that. And I, I do believe that we do need mentors and we do need well, if you don't have that, then a psych or a, a coach or someone like that is really, really useful because they're then your sounding board. Fantastic. <laughs> so going on from that, so let's take us on to uh, tip number four for saying goodbye to stress and overwhelm. Tip number four is practice effective time management. And that comes back to having boundaries around what you're doing, but also having um, a really a good vision for where you want to go. If you don't have a vision for where you want to go, you won't know what priorities to set. You won't know what boundaries to set. You won't know what's realistic. And you need to be able to take time away from that. So I really recommend people taking a lunch break, getting out of their office. If they work from home, going outside. If they work in, a, in the city, going for a walk around the block, because we need to have breaks away from our thinking so that we can recharge ourselves. So one of the things I like to do, the, the um, Pomodoro uh, technique, which is where you work for 25 minutes or 30 minutes and take a, a five-minute break. I've got lots of people who do, I know around me who do that and they say that it's absolutely amazing. I practice it myself and it's it's a way to, you, you put lots of time and energy into the thing that you're doing in that 25 to 30 minutes and then you know you're going to get a break at the end and then you come back and you either do the same thing again or you go and do something different so that you're getting that shift and and your mind knows, it starts to understand that that having regular breaks is a good thing. So, yeah. So I'm guessing if you're going to practice the Pomodoro technique, you'd be turning off your your notifications, turning your phone to silent, that sort of stuff, so you're not interrupted? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All of mm. those things. You don't, you don't want to be interrupted while you're, you're focused because as soon as you get a notification, what happens? You ping to that thing, don't you? Yeah. You, you, jump to that thing and it takes away all of your focus and so you don't get anything really done. And that that um, brings me to this idea that we can multitask. I don't believe we can multitask. What we do is we, and there's scientific evidence behind this, but we flit from one thing to the other and it, we lose connection. We lose um, uh, neural pathways. Our, our neural pathways get smaller and less uh, focused, and so we don't achieve as much as we thought we would. So we're not multitasking. We're doing one thing, then another thing, and then another thing, and another thing, and our brain gets very confused, and it doesn't help with productivity at all. So stop multitasking, turn the phone off, stay focused on what you're doing, and get more done. Okay, focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. All right, let's uh, finish off now. Tip number five, what have we got? 
Okay, so we all need to embrace self-stress-reducing techniques. Now, by that, I mean maybe meditation doesn't have to be. You know, taking time, five minutes a day, twice a day even, just to settle your mind. And I don't mean that we have to get rid of all our thoughts. It's just that we have to focus instead of on our thoughts to drop down into our body and see what's going on in there. It can be as simple as that. Practicing mindfulness like yoga. Exercise, running. I know um, when I when I was running, uh, I, did, I did a lot of long-distance running. It was really great for tuning out, reducing my stress, um, you know, switching off. And I had some running mantras that I would just, you know, uh, kind of say over and over to myself, really positive reinforcing stuff. Um, yeah. That really helped for me, I know. Yeah, well, I've got a client who's a, um, a marathon runner, missed out on the Olympics because of COVID. And um, he said that the same thing when he runs, his mind just goes into this amazing place and he can run for hours and hours and hours. In, in fact, I found that um, uh, I've got some, where I train, I've got some really big hills. I just run, you know, in the suburb I live in. And I was so, I don't know, zoned out, shall we say, um, that I ran up this massive hill. And when I got to the top, I looked around and went, oh, oh, I just ran up the hill. I, <laughs> I was totally caught up in my zone that, yeah. uh, you know, didn't even notice I've been running up this great big hill. Yeah. Yeah, so the other thing that you can do if you're in the office and you're starting to feel stressed is to actually practice mindfulness because, I mean, really stress is about us thinking about the past or the future and worrying about that. If we can come back into the now and go, okay, I've got a pen in my hand, I'm going to feel what that feels like or I've got my keys on the, on the my fingers on the keyboard and I'm going to be in that, I'm going to, Think about what I want to say right now, here, and be present. That's really important. Um, like you said, engage in physical activity because that increases endorphins, and endorphins are the happy hormone. Mm. So we want more of that. Um, the other thing that's really great for getting out of stress instantly is the breath. Being able to take a few slow, deep breaths and expand the, the, the your belly so that your diaphragm drops and actually allows the vagus nerve to relax and to be at ease. That's a wonderful um, technique to use in the office or when you want to go to sleep. Um, I've just had a, a young man whose um, marriage is uh, dissolving and he's not able to go to sleep in the evenings and he's... So I, I said, just lie there and practice that deep breathing uh, and hold the breath for five seconds and then breathe out and then take another breath, hold it for five seconds and breathe out. And that allows that the nervous system to settle and, and allows you to drop off to sleep. But it also, in the office, allows you to go, oh, and you can tell if you've got muscle tension <laughs> in your body and you relax, it's instant. You know, oh. I'm at ease. And, and if you're really, really stressed all the time, you are exhausted because your muscles are always tense. Checking every hour, is my body relaxed, can really help. And it allows then the thoughts to, to run. The body gets oxygenated, the mind gets oxygenated, brain gets oxygenated, and we can make sure mm -hmm. you 
better. Thank you, Jenny. My uh, my job today, which has uh, been passed to be my, my colleague from Brisbane, is to watch the clock today, and we're almost out of time. So the question is, how do people want to uh, get hold of you? They want to track down Jenny Fitzgerald and tap into your wisdom about saying goodbye to stress and overwhelm. What is the best way for them to get hold of you? Okay, so the best way is to email me at jenny at jennyfitzgerald.com.au. Um, yeah, that is the best way. Um, I have socials. You can find them. I'm I have no idea how to find them, how to tell people to find them. <laughs> Just okay. Google Jenny Fitzgerald. She'll turn up. Yeah, no problem um, at all. The thing is, in Brisbane, there are two Jenny Fitzgerald. Well, there are actually three of us, but the other one's a psychologist in Brisbane City. So I'm the coach. Jenny, who's not the psychologist. Great. Yeah. It's been a pleasure having you on our uh, podcast today. Thanks so much for coming along. Uh, and I'm going to close us off now. So this is Lindsay Adams signing off from the Top 5 podcast from Brisbane, Australia, uh, and thanking my colleague Raoul Bricker from Perth, Western Australia. That's it for us for today.